Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning, Governor and Bo, and I'm certainly glad that uh, the governor is still with WBT. I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the Gubernal Tills. I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> Hopefully this won't be your last day because you're a snag, a sensitive new age guy. Wow, Pat, you are sizzling hot on it this morning. Governor Pat McCory, Bo Thompson, love listening to you guys, listening to y'all every morning of my life, basically. Time to play the game. How dare you? I mean, he's been club champion for three years running, and I'm... 14 years as Charlotte mayor. No slouch myself. We're here in Charlotte with the mayor, the Honorable Pat McCrory. Four years as NC governor. This is quite an honor for me today. I'm overwhelmed, and I'm honored to be on the main street of our beautiful capital city. WBT presents... Bless your heart, both of you. The Pat McCrory Show. You and Bo, thank you for truth. With Bo Thompson. Driven by Felix Sabatis, Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte. It was a warm, friendly conversation. It was a perfect conversation. Yes, good morning, Bo. It, this is your show. You don't still have the governor on that. <laughs> I'll tell you, this I is a this setup. Is the Bo Thompson show. I wouldn't have called in. <laughs> well, I love the rainy night. I love the rainy night. I love to hear the thunder. Watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. So uh, around 2.30 last night, I thought a bomb had gone off. Yeah. My, my whole house is shaking. So did my dog. So did my dog. I mean, Mo jumped up on our bed, shaking, and he has a bad hip now. He's an aging dog, and my dog was shaking, and I had to put a towel on him. And then all of a sudden, he wants to get up, and he rarely needs to get up to go outside. He wouldn't go through the dog door because his hips hurting him, so he demanded that I take him to the front to the front door. Front door while it's lightning and raining. <laughs> and here I am in my I look like Clark I'm in my well. boxer shorts. <laughs> Wearing my dress shoes with black socks and a T-shirt. I look like Richard Nixon walking with B.B. Rebozo at Key Biscayne, Florida, back in 1968. So I'm walking out in my front yard with my dog in the lightning, going, come on, come on, come on and just man. waiting for the police to drive by and arrest me. They probably drove by and went, oh, there he goes again. <laughs> so uh, Mo did his thing, came back in, we weren't electrocuted, and then the lightning and thunder continued for a good another half hour. How about your dog? My dog. I had to take my dog out, too. But uh, she, but she you would not... didn't just do it in your boxer shorts. No, I had pants on. <laughs> <laughs> but my dog was, I mean, she was shaking for the next couple of hours. Then I had to leave to come into work. But you know what they say? What did they say? There's that old legend. That, What's that uh, old legend? If you have thunder in January or thunder in the winter, mm -hmm. then you have snow within seven days or in seven days. Mm. 
No question as to whether there was thunder last night. What difference does it make to you and me? We still got to show up to work. I'm just saying, what does it all mean? Oh, now that's another question you're asking. What does it all mean? Is that what you want us to cover in the next two hours of the fastest growing radio show in the Carolinas? What does it all mean? From the we'll office, answer that question. From the office of the former governor. What does it all mean if we convert all federal cars and trucks to electric? What does it all mean if we take down the wall? What does it all mean if we deal with women's and men's sports? What does it all mean if we make a deal regarding coal ash? What does it all mean if Jeff... Who's the guy running for Senate? Jeff Jackson. Jeff Jackson runs for the U.S. Senate. What does it all mean? That's a pretty deep question. That's why I'm here. What does it all mean? Let's call David Chadwick quick. <laughs> hey, David, got a quick question for you. What? Why? <laughs> what does it all mean? We have the answer for you. In our next segment... <laughs> <laughs> That's and after it. we answer that question, world peace. What's the solution? <laughs> All in the next two hours. No, in the second hour, world hunger. How okay. we'll solve it. By the end of the hour, you're going to solve it? The third hour. <laughs> it's Vince your problem. Coakley will cover That's the right. deficit. How we'll balance the budget. In the third hour, it's your problem now, Vince. <laughs> this is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. On News Talk 1110, 99.3, WPT. Asked a girl what she wanted to be. She said, baby, can't you see? I want to be famous, a star on the screen. The cowbell. Do you hear that cowbell? Ringo could play the cowbell. Yes, I'm going to be a star. There it goes. See her? Baby, you can drive my car. Need a little more. Baby, I love you. <laughs> so the reason that that song is on my mind right now is because one of the stories emanating out of Washington, President Biden will start the process of phasing out the federal government's use of gas-powered vehicles with the intent of replacing them with ones that will run on electricity, this is the fulfillment of a promise Biden made on the campaign trail to sweep, or to swap rather, swap government fleet vehicles with American-made EVs. Do you want to ask me a question? Yeah. Um, what's it all mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does it all mean will be the question for today. What does it all mean? That Joe Biden wants to fulfill a campaign pledge to convert all of the vehicles in the federal fleet to electric. That's right. I'll tell you what it means. It means the continuation of one of the biggest environmental fraud stories that the media is swallowing hook, line, and sinker without asking any questions or finding any facts behind it. For example, well, what will that cost? And where will you get the money? Because all these electric cars and trucks cost more than gas-powered trucks. If it costs more, it seems then Joe Biden would have to get more money allocated from the legislature. Therefore, he doesn't have the power to do it unless he gets more money or unless he just 
has a, a smaller fleet, like has half the fleet of cars or 25% of the fleet of cars and trucks in the federal government. But the main point, he says, it's going to be now energized by electricity. Well, the media doesn't know how to ask the next question. Well, how is electricity energized? Wait, I thought the second question was, really, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? How does electricity then get, if it comes from electricity, then where does electricity come from, Dad? <laughs> does it come from the plug that you just plug it into? And then it comes from outer space or the lightning from last night? <laughs> and you would have to go, no, son. No, son, that's a great question. It comes from other things that make electricity. Oh, really, Dad? What is that? Well, it comes from things like fossil fuel. Dad, what is fossil fuel? Well, Dad, there are two major types of fossil fuel that help make electricity. One is coal. Well, wait a minute, Dad. Isn't Joe Biden against coal? Yes, he is, son, so it can't come from coal. Okay, what's the other one? Oh, that, Dad, that comes, uh, son, that comes from natural gas. Well, wait a minute, Dad. Isn't Joe Biden against natural gas? Well, yes, he is. He just canceled the uh, pipeline out west. He canceled the pipeline coming into North Carolina. Yes, natural gas is bad. Well, does that mean Mom can quit using that natural gas stove and... Our natural gas heat and air conditioning, yes, we ought to get rid of it. It's bad. It's bad. Fossil fuels are bad, son. But, Dad, then, if it doesn't do that, how are we going to make the electricity to recharge our cars? Well, son, nuclear power. But wait a minute, Dad, aren't the Democrats against nuclear power and nuclear waste? Well, yes, they are, son. Okay, Dad, so we've got... Natural gas is not allowed, and coal is not allowed, and they don't like nuclear power either. What else is there? Solar power, Dad? Well, yes, son, but you see, they plug the cars in at night, and at night, the sun does not shine. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't there big batteries that we can store all that power from the sun on during the day? Well, son, no. <laughs> You're going to have to plug the cars in at night, you see, to recharge the batteries, because during the day we use the trucks. So what do we use, Dad? I have no idea, son. It's a big lie. It's one of the biggest lies going around. By the way, to make batteries for electric cars cost an enormous amount of money and also consumes an incredible amount of energy that you have to get from either natural gas, coal, or nuclear power. And then we have no idea when we make all these electrical cars with these new gigantic batteries, where are we going to store the batteries? Because the batteries are made of very toxic material. So down the road, like with coal ash, where are we going to bury this stuff? Whose backyard are we going to bury all these millions of new electric batteries, huge electric batteries that are toxic? What are we going to do with them? No one's asked Joe Biden that question because the media has no idea what to ask when it comes to energy. They have the knowledge of a second grader. No, let me take that back. They have a knowledge of a kindergarten. 
individual. They think electricity comes from a plug. One of the biggest scams going on right now is electric cars come from electricity, and then people don't ask, where does electricity come from? And the Democrats are against natural gas, nuclear energy, and coal. What else is left? Wind power? Well, if the wind's not blowing, where are you going to get the power? And right now, that's about less than 1% of our energy. And do you want a wind, big wind prop in your backyard that kills all these birds? And what about solar power? Do you want to cut down thousands upon thousands of trees to put solar power out in the countryside? Just cut down all the trees. Because that's what you're going to have to do. Or you could take farmland, you know, which feeds the world. You can just take away all the farmland where you grow your lettuce and your corn and your wheat and your cotton and convert it to solar panels. But, Dad. Yes, son. What does it all mean? <laughs> son, I'd send you to school, but the teachers don't want to teach. <laughs> Good talk, Russ. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110-993 WPT. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show. News Talk 1110 WBT. John Moore, I didn't ask you for this, but I'm going to now. I need uh Audio soundbite. If I were Rush Limbaugh, I'd say audio soundbite number. But uh, the coal ash story, Governor, we need mm-hmm. to talk about this. There well, are I have a little history in that. Because <laughs> Just a little bit. I have coal ash on my hands. They were back in 2016 uh, when I, no, 2000, yeah, 2016 when I ran for re-election. Mm-hmm. Earlier, I guess in my first year as governor, there was a coal ash spill. That's right. And apparently it was my fault because I used to work for Duke Power Company. And because there was a coal ash spill and the current governor worked for Duke Power, it had to be the current governor's fault, which makes all the sense of the world. In fact, at that point in time when the coal ash spill occurred, I didn't know there was such a thing as coal ash. But I learned a great deal about it within a short period of time. It was at a plant called Dan River that had been shut down years before and been converted to a natural gas plant, which now the Democrats are against, too. So Dan River is now a natural gas facility that used to be a coal ash facility. They got rid of the coal ash to provide natural gas, which is cleaner, and now the Democrats are against both. Joe Biden and Roy Cooper are against everything. So the coal ash spill occurred. They had coal ash dump into the Dan River. And then I was asked immediately to clean it all up. And I worked with Duke to clean it up. And at the time, all the environmentalists and Roy Cooper and Josh Stein, who were running for governor and attorney general, said, the governor is a Duke power in the pocket of Duke power. And he he should make sure if we clean it up, all the costs should be paid by the stockholders of Duke Power Company. And if I'm elected governor, if I'm elected attorney general, we'll make sure that all the cost of moving the Duke Power sites where coal ash is stored will be bared by the stockholders of Duke Energy Company, not the ratepayers. And I remember going, nah, that's probably not going to happen. It'll probably be shared cost. 
because that's how it usually happens, always has, always will, shared cost. But they ran going, Pat McCrory has coal ash on their hand and headlines of Pat McCrory used to be a Duke Power employee and protesters and the false narrative continued throughout the campaign on to TV commercials two years later with Pat McCrory has coal ash on his hand. Over $10 million worth of ads spent on that, primarily in the Greensboro area. Very effective. I mean, how do you fight a political ad which says you have coal ash on your hands? No, I don't. <laughs> I swear I cleaned them. <laughs> so uh, Josh Stein, running for attorney general, basically promised or gave the impression that when he is elected attorney general... The ratepayers won't have to bear any cost. So a settlement. Roy Cooper promised if he's elected governor, he's going to make sure Duke Power stockholders pay all the cost of moving the storage areas at all the plants, which I could also argue not all of them should have moved because in moving all of them, you actually caused more pollution because of the thousands upon thousands of trucks and air pollution it takes to move them. But you're talking about seven to eight billion dollars to move these storage areas. Now, I, I definitely recommended three of them be moved because these have been around during all the Democratic administrations, and not a peep was said about them from Democrats until the spill occurred, which was in my third month in office. But it was my fault. That's what I told Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes anyway. I was drinking beer one night with a couple of guys, and I said, why don't we go to the coal ash pile and bust the pipe and have all that water go into Virginia? And she went, really? <laughs> True story. I did tell Leslie Stahl that, and she realized after a minute or two that I was jerking her chain. <laughs> Budweiser beer, by the way. So uh, Josh Stein yesterday mm -hmm. announced Josh Stein announced and got a headline. What was his headline? That a settlement has been reached between North Carolina and Duke Energy. And the Sierra Club. The uh, utility has agreed to pay over a billion dollars to clean up leftover problems from coal ash. So it says consumers save a billion dollars. That was the headline in the Charlotte Observer. That was the headline that Josh Stein and, frankly, my former company wanted Consumers save a billion dollars from settlement. What they forgot to mention in the headline, Charlotte Observer and WBT radio and TV and everything else, is that there's still another $6 billion that someone's going to have to pay for. And that's the ratepayers of North Carolina. Now, when we come back, <laughs> I have some audio from the press conference yesterday where Brett Jensen was the first out of the gate to ask yeah, a question. Yeah. And we went down the road of what, what was, money's not being talked about. He and only one other reporter actually knew what questions to ask. All the other reporters sitting there going, huh, that's pretty good news that the ratepayers save a billion dollars. That sounds like good news, doesn't it? And actually, the other reporters on the call pretty much asked the same question that Brett did. <laughs> they said, no, tell me, answer his question this one more time. This is because the current governor and the current general, attorney general, when running for their first election, promised to the people of North Carolina that the ratepayers would not be responsible, which I knew at the time was a big lie. But the media took it hook, line, and sinker, and now they're changing the message. You know, if I'd been part of that uh, press conference yesterday, you what know what would I would it, I would have asked. You, what would you would have asked? What does it all mean? 
<laughs> and well, I would go, son, go to your room. <laughs> Why is the sky blue, Dad? <laughs> Russ, Audrey, go to your rooms. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WPT. All right, nine minutes in front of nine o'clock here on WBT. Today's edition of What Does It All Mean? What does it all mean? What it means is at times when you're a politician, you can make a promise that you know you won't fulfill and you break that promise, oh, some six years later and you get away with it, especially if you're a liberal Democrat like Josh Stein and Roy Cooper. And it's about to be exposed. And it was almost exposed by some incredible reporting by Brett Jensen from our own WBT News Department, who actually asked a tough question of Attorney General Josh Stein, who wants to be President of the United States, during a press conference. At least Josh Stein took the question, not knowing who Brett Jensen was, but at least he took the question, unlike our Health and Human Services Secretary and our current governor. This is the first time Brett Jensen's ever got to ask a question in the last year of a state official. That is true. This is the one. This so is the I got to give them credit. They yeah. took the question because their press department's not as good as Roy Cooper's press department. So do you want to play the tape of the question that they actually yeah. asked Josh Stein about the Duke Power coal ash settlement, which saved ratepayers $1 billion. And with that backdrop, as you'll hear here, I think Brett realized this may be my one shot, so I'm going to get in as many as yeah. I can. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Attorney General. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, so the obviously the $1.1 billion is a big thing, um, but I've seen estimates and many, many reports that says it's going to cost about $9.5 billion to clean this up um, over the next couple of decades. What happens with that other 88%? Uh, the $1 billion is not over the total costs of cleaning up coal ash because some of those costs will exist beyond 2030. What we are resolving are the coal ash costs uh, estimates through the next decade, which is substantially less than the full cost of cleaning up coal ash. And we will reserve for post-2030, the, the balance. I just wanted to quickly follow up on Brett's question from the beginning, keeping in mind that the $9 billion may be a figure that's going to extend past 2030. Do you know what the figure is of what will be incurred over the next 10 years? So what percent does this $1 billion represent of the total cost that we're going to be seeing over the next 10 years? Um, I think that Duke Energy can probably do a better job answering that question than I can. But we <laughs> expect that there will be about half of the expenses that Duke Energy anticipates on clean energy, I mean, on coal ash abatement to happen this decade and then half beyond. Um, so I, it's a slightly, or I think around $4 billion is what is anticipated for the next decade. Just wanted to make sure I have what you just answered correct. Um, uh, you said that the total for the next decade is about $4 billion. Um, and so the savings of that $1.1 um, billion is what the customers would be seeing, correct, for, from now until for the next decade? That's correct. 
and, and Mr. Attorney General, I'm sorry for harping on this last three questions. And right. again, just to make sure I have my things accurate as well. So of the four plus million billion dollars and the 1.1 billion that's being saved, so does that mean that customers are incurring uh, a 75% cost of this? The um, actual cost of the cleaning up coal ash is yet to be determined. These are based on estimates, but there will be a, a sharing between the customer and Duke Energy. We used what the uh, Utilities Commission had achieved or, or decided in the Dominion case as a standard in terms of figuring out what would be uh, a good resolution and a fair resolution in this case. Uh, the Utilities Commission last year achieved, reached a decision uh, concerning Dominion with about that same percentage. So, okay, so I just want to make sure that it's fair to say that it would be far less than 50%, so it's not a 50-50 split, more like a 75-25 split. I think that's accurate. Thank you, sir. So the headlines didn't say it was a 75-25% split where the ratepayers are paying 75%. The stockholders of Duke Energy are paying 25% of the cleanup. Now, if you go back to an AP report in March of 2013, this is a quote from then Attorney General Roy Cooper then-candidate Roy Cooper, or soon-to-be candidate Roy Cooper for governor in 2013, which he repeated many times on the campaign trail. And you're not hearing him say that this at this point in time, or Josh Stein, who agreed with Roy Cooper's statement while he was running for attorney general. This is the sounds of silence of the sentence that you're not hearing. Roy Cooper said this in... March of 2013. Duke Energy should clean up the coal ash at its own expense, and we will fight for consumers if the company tries to change them, Cooper said in a statement. We will fight. We will fight for consumers. Looks like the fight is over. <laughs> the fight has ended with a knockout. It's amazing how the media does not go back and look at their own reports. The sounds of silence from the media, the sounds of silence from the Attorney General Josh Stein, and the sounds of silence from the former Attorney General Roy Cooper. We will fight for the consumers. Who else uses the word fight? Wait a minute. Didn't Donald Trump say he was going to fight too? Didn't I say during the last three weeks that every politician uses the term, we're going to fight for you? Impeachment. Bo. You have to ask me a question. Who are you again? No. What does it all mean? What does it all mean? It means when a politician says they're going to fight for you, they really don't mean it. <laughs> they're going to ask someone else to fight for you. But it gets you elected when you use the term fight. And now it gets people impeached. 
We need some cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> or at least more of it. <laughs> I'm proud to report that the state of our state is determined. I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. Just want to thank you for your program each day. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. I always get a perspective I don't get anywhere else. Four years as NC Governor. This is the best show on Determined. The radio. There, I read it, okay? Let me go now. All right. Behind the scenes conversations. Occasionally I remembered your name. Do you remember that? Yes, you did. <laughs> you used to call me Councilwoman Community Activist. <laughs> no talking points. I want the public to know you are the most compassionate, decent human being. WBT presents. You haven't smiled the whole damn time, man. The Pat McCrory Show. I'm going to work. With Bo Thompson. Whenever you ask her a question and the first word is, all right. <laughs> you know it's about to go. All right. I'm getting worried, man. You're sitting there just looking at me like, what the hell? This guy's doing all right. Anyway. Hour number two of What Does It All Mean? What does it all mean? Dad, what does it all mean? Yep, we've had the answers for the first hour. <laughs> and at the end of the first hour, we all looked at each other and said, what did that just mean? <laughs> <laughs> Along with our listeners. <laughs> what did that mean? Now, we're here exposing some things that aren't being asked by the media. Yesterday was Media Monday. We're kind of continuing that on Tuesday because the North Carolina media is in the tank. They now have a lot of 20-somethings that obviously don't know any history beyond, oh, three months or even three weeks or three days. And uh, that was in relation to coal ash. That was in relation to uh, solar power and electric cars because they learn in college we ought to have electric cars and just plug it into the wall and recharge it every night. You know, you bring up a good point. Uh, today's generation does not know what to do if they can't look at their phone and Google something. The idea of actually having to go fact-find in a library or on your own, we, we've, we've kind of eliminated that, haven't we? Yeah. And they actually think the cloud, they really think it's somewhere up in the clouds. Yeah. They think there is such thing as the cloud, like it's up in the sky, it's invisible. It's kind of like where money's coming from. It just uh -huh. comes from the sky. It grows on Google. And what they don't realize, the cloud is really <laughs> a computers that are energized by natural gas, coal, and nuclear power, too. That's how they store all of your iPhone material. It's stored in computers, which have to have the energy 24 hours a day. And that energy does not come from solar and wind and renewables, which, by the way, renewables are mainly cut down trees being burnt. It's stored by fossil fuels, natural gas, coal, nuclear, a little bit of hydro. And if you want more hydro, you can dam up more rivers and flood more cities and towns and farmland or you could replace that farmland with solar panels for that go on forever and ever that's how you keep your information in the cloud because <laughs> the cloud is really computers that are storing your information for you instead of you storing the information in your own computer 
Bo is looking out the window at the cloud right well, now. And he's going, thinking, he's going, what? If I'm going to put something in the cloud, what happens when it's a beautiful, sunny, cloudless day? Hmm. What does it all mean? What does it all mean? Now, yes. we debuted a new segment on the show yesterday called the Random Top Five. Yeah, the Random was, Top Five. Which was a lot of fun, you know? Mm. We, we named the top five politicians. That sucked the air out of the room. That sucked the air out of the room that I've met. Now, because it's the Random Top Five, I don't know when the next one will be. Mm-hmm. That's why it's random. Mm-hmm. But I say that to say that that's a new segment yesterday. Coming up... I think I'm right about this. We may have a return to an old segment. Yeah, we're going to have an I'm so sorry, Uncle Albert award. Hall of Fame candidate, at least. Hall of Fame candidate. We're going to have to call David from Asheville to see if this person is going to be inaugurated. And to give you a hint of who this person is, this person was the Tar Heel of the Year by the Charlotte Observer and the Raleigh News and Observer. The Tar Heel of the Year had to apologize yesterday. Not for a politically incorrect statement, just for a, I guess, a false statement. On a conference call. On a conference call. That's where the apology was. And she, oh, oh, I might have given it away. Of course, are we allowed to use the word she anymore? According to Nancy Pelosi, we cannot use that term. Well, thank you, Governor. I'm so appreciative of your steadfast leadership. I think you've given it away. Who's maybe going to be in the Pat McCrory, I'm so sorry, Uncle Albert Hall of Fame. Oh, she was just thanking you. What does it all mean <laughs> if you get into the Hall of Fame? So we're going to be uh, installing a new member of the Hall of Fame, although we still have yet to have the vote on that. We're waiting to wake up David from Asheville, who's still in Asheville. He didn't come under work today. He's, he's blaming the virus. He's now saying he's over 65. He looks like he's over 65, but he's not even 35. (laughs) He's balding, has a ponytail, wears a Grateful Dead shirt, ripped blue jeans, wears sandals. He does look like he's over 65. He looks like one of those people who goes to the Grateful Dead concerts, and he thinks he's still 19 because he has a ponytail. He, he went, doesn't realize he's totally bald. He went from 19 to 65. Just skipped everything in between. Mm-hmm. How old is David from Asheville? About, I'd say 35, 36. It's about right. Yeah, about right. We'll he never does know. look. He's one of those guys who's looked like he's 65 since he was 19. We don't know because <laughs> he evades paperwork. <laughs> He doesn't evade all paper, especially <laughs> rolling paper. That's right. The flat kind he doesn't so, have much uh, use So we're going to come back. You cannot miss this segment. The I'm So Sorry Uncle Albert Award to an individual that made an incorrection regarding shots for the virus. Turns out North Carolina is not doing real well regarding uh, giving shots to help people not get the virus. We're like number we're six number six in the nation at the bottom of the list. Efficiency. Brett Jensen was gonna ask the governor that question, but the governor will not recognize Brett Jensen. 913 on WBT. Wait a minute. Do you want to ask a question before we go to the commercial break? Yeah. What does it all mean? <laughs> This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3, WPT. So sorry. Yeah, what can you say? Uncle Albert. Except 
I'm sorry. We're so sorry if we caused you any pain. I'm sorry. Um, We're so sorry. I wouldn't want it done to me. I'm sorry. Uncle Albert. This was a major breach of trust. But there's no one left at home, and I believe I'm gonna rain. And I'm really sorry that this happened. I actually feel sorry for him as a person. I apologize for hurt and pain that was created. And I'm really sorry that... <laughs> I don't know if I want to go over somebody's house and sleep over. I'm really <laughs> about that. Do you have anything to apologize for? We have nothing to apologize for. No apologies here. I wouldn't dream of asking... I'm sorry. Chelsea and Mrs. Clinton. We're so sorry, but we haven't To... Forgive me. And I'm really sorry. But I would ask them to know that I am very sorry. I have sinned against you, and I beg your forgiveness. Let me say this, and I want to say it absolutely clearly. I was wrong, and I am responsible. The Bible says, you without sin cast the first stone. I don't want to throw stones at anyone. That I'm sorry for what's been happening. And that we've asked God to forgive us, and we ask them to forgive us. I, I first want to simply uh, apologize to, to this community, uh, as I did to the court, and as I did to the government, uh, about uh, what took place. Yeah, what can you say? Except, I'm sorry. Sorry, um, I wouldn't want it done to me. Sorry. This was a major breach of trust. I actually feel sorry for him as a person. So obviously we've been doing this long enough that the the highlight reel is a long one. And yeah, a lot of people are in the Pat McCrory I'm so sorry uh, Hall of Fame. I'm so sorry Uncle Albert mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and so the latest candidate involves this story. Now, this is uh, some reporting initially done by Travis mm -hmm. Fain of WRAL. The mm -hmm. North Carolina Secretary of Health and Human Services, Mandy Cohen, apologized, <laughs> apologized uh, yesterday on a call with hospitals and county health departments hmm. for the changes to the COVID-19 vaccine distribution effort that saw uh, some struggling to balance a decrease in supply with an increase in, in demand. Dr. Cohen proposed that instead of a week-to-week -week allocation to the counties, which leaves them un unable to plan far ahead, the state would guarantee some minimum baseline allocation each week for the next three weeks. Okay? So she was on a, a uh, conference call yesterday with with the hospitals. Mm -hmm. and uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. i got to say Mandy. Yeah. You know, we like Mandy. She sounds just like the new Supreme Court justice. Their voices are identical. Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, she sounds just like Amy Barrett. And she, you know, she's Tar Heel of the Year. So if you're Tar Heel of the Year, you can't make mistakes. And she also, by the way, got the key to the city, the Durham, to Durham. I never got the key to the city of Durham. Of course, you might ask me, did I ever get the key to the city to Charlotte? <laughs> or to Concord. He got the he got the key to the city of Durham, but it, it wouldn't work. I actually got to the key to the city to Salisbury one time. Really? Yeah, Mayor Susan Klutz gave me the key to the city to Salisbury, and I may have gotten the key to the city to Gastonia at one time. 
Or it might have just been a hug from the mayor. I can't remember. <laughs> it so, felt like the key to the city. Some of the supply that the counties and hospitals expected mm -hmm. to have on hand in the coming weeks mm -hmm. will instead go to uh, a massive vaccination event that the state hopes will speed up the process of getting shots in arms. This, this is the massive event here in Charlotte, That's right. which another reporter just sent out a tweet going, does that mean people from South Carolina can come to this massive event at the Charlotte Motor Speedway and take away possible vaccine from more rural areas throughout North Carolina are now being denied some vaccine yeah. due to this massive event, which I don't want to criticize what they're doing at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The all feedback, it's been done really well yeah. there. The dilemma is in the rest of the state. Where are you pulling that supply from? Yeah, it's been a disaster. So local well, officials across the state express frustration with the shift in the resources. Mandy Cohen apologized to them on this call repeatedly during an afternoon a, a gathering by phone. She promised a restart moment and three weeks of relative certainty for providers who will be given guaranteed minimums for vaccine delivery. Now, this gets into what makes her a candidate for the segment we are now. Yeah, we don't have a tape of. of her apology, right? There's no tape of no, this phone call. I don't have tape, but I have text. All right. Do you want to read the text of her apology? The uh, text of the apology is very short, and it goes like this. Hmm. Quote, I apologize for not being more clear. I own that and I apologize. It has put all of you in a difficult, difficult position. Unquote. And apparently, according to callers, she apologized several times. Mm -hmm. she, she did twice in that, that quote. And then she came up with at least an attempted solution. Mm -hmm. You know, that... That's pretty good right there. So, Hence the restart moment. Kinda. So we had a vote during the last news break. Mm -hmm. And what was the vote? It was you, me. And David. And John Moore. Yes, and, and, David, and David texted John Moore. Isn't that right? That's correct. Yes. And did, did, did David answer the text? Yeah, David says let her in. That, let, wait a minute. Let her, he he let just her said, in, let her let, in? Yeah, that's all he said. That implies, let her in. That implies she's knocking on the door trying to get in. Yes. <laughs> Usually David says, let her out. <laughs> or the girl says, let me out. When they're with David from Asheville. Followed by, what does it all mean? <laughs> so uh, we have voted to let Mandy Moore. Cohen. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Into the Pat McCrory, I'm so... Sorry, I'm so Uncle awesome. Albert Hall <laughs> of Fame. That was a Freudian slip. I'm so. so I mean, this is this is. I mean, we're kind of breaking a rule because it's not a verbal tape of mm -hmm. it. But we've made that exception in the past because she apologized several times. Mm -hmm. Now, will she be returning her Tar Heel of the Year award? That she got, or did this just this happen this year? So you can't retract her award for last year. I mean, they're, they're the sixth worst state in getting this vaccine. So maybe she'll get an award for being not the Tar Heel of the award. <laughs> maybe it'll be one of these awards that's removed next year. Cooper has been totally silent on this. She he let her apologize. He's kind of staying quiet on that and Cole Ash. He's, you know, because Brett Jensen might 
get to ask him a question. Determined. So we'd like to congratulate Mandy Moore. Cohen. Whatever. Into the uh, Pat McCrory. I'm so sorry. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110 99.3 WPT. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show on News Talk 1110 WBT. Continually answering the question, what does it all mean? What, what does it all mean? It's what we do. We've done it for the last uh, hour and a half. And I, I, I bet we've enlightened people. We've opened up their minds. We've made them more transparent. We've made them <sighs> smarter. When you ask that question, what does it all mean, especially on a gray morning here in Charlotte, people are sitting by themselves because of the virus and wondering what the heck is going on with the nation and impeachment and a new president that's asking for unity but doesn't know what the definition of unity is and implementing pretty radical procedures as it comes to gender and canceling pipelines and one thing we haven't gotten to this I'm morning I'm still thinking deeply you just interrupted me I was really in deep thought didn't you see it oh that's right you're not allowed to look at me I'm sorry you didn't notice that I did not sense it in the force what does it all mean well what it means for this segment mm-hmm is there is one thing we haven't really touched on today, and it's actually a collective. It's mm-hmm. There are a number of uh, new, or not new, but names that are new to the mix of running for office. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them that I didn't bring up with you yesterday, mm-hmm. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, mm-hmm. officially running for governor in Arkansas, mm-hmm. released a pretty lengthy video yesterday, and I'm wondering what you think of her chances or her candidacy. Former White House press secretary. I don't know if White House press secretary qualifies you to be governor of, of, a, of a state. It gives you incredible name ID. And the other thing is her dad was governor. He mm-hmm. was a nice guy, really nice guy. He does good on Fox. But does being press secretary qualify you to jump over to be governor? Have you really made decisions as press secretary as opposed to just communicate decisions? See, before you become a leader, shouldn't you have your decision-making skills really tested? Now, she's probably had to make decisions as press secretary, but the decision is, do I say what I believe or do I say what my boss tells me to say? And that's the difficulty of a press secretary. I don't care who, who your boss is when you're a press secretary. That's the difficulty. Does that qualify you to run major agencies within the executive branch within a state like Arkansas? Now, she's running against... The lieutenant governor, she's running against the attorney general. These are all Republicans. It's basically going to be decided in the Republican primary. Uh, Asha Hutchinson is the current governor. Really nice guy. Good friend of mine, by the way. Very well qualified, and he's a very good governor, um, Ace Hutchinson. And um, so it's going to be interesting. Will name ID be the big equation and working as the White House press secretary over the other people who've been working kind of up the ranks to get to the governorship. And uh, you obviously 
uh, were a city councilman, you were a mayor, seven-term mayor, you ran for governor, and then you, uh, one time, and, and I was also again. in the private sector. Yeah, and and uh, during so obviously, all of that, except for governor, pretty lengthy uh, political resume. Uh, she has been White House press secretary. This is uh, part of. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders mm -hmm. making her argument yesterday. So today, I announce my candidacy for governor of Arkansas and ask for your prayers and your support. As governor, I will defend your right to be free of socialism and tyranny, your Second Amendment right to keep your family safe, and your freedom of speech and religious liberty. Our state needs a leader with the courage to do what's okay, right. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Not what's... The dilemma I have in playing this is that the other candidates, we didn't play the other candidates who who are... Well, we could. I don't even know who their names are. I, I don't know that they one's have... One's the lieutenant governor, one's the attorney general. I don't know if they have seven-minute uh, produced uh, pieces like she does. Yeah, the dilemma with all this is that we give attention to people with national profiles... And not attention to people who've been working in the grassroots or coming from other areas of leadership. And I'm, that's nothing against her, by the way. It's just saying that we have this bias towards celebrity when it comes to running for office. So she's a former press secretary. You mm -hmm. also have... She's never run for office for anything. Mike Lindell, who's the founder of the My Pillow Company, he's running, apparently, or he's getting close to it, in so running uh, for what? Minnesota governor. I did not know that. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. He's a recovered heroin addict, and you got to be impressed with him. He, what governor of Minnesota? Minnesota, this, yeah. So this is going to be like the... Minnesota is very unique. They... They've elected Jesse Ventura as governor in Minnesota. They've elected uh, a former comedian as a senator. Yeah, Al Franken. Al Franken in Minnesota. And now they're going to maybe elect uh, Mr. Pillow. Yeah. He, who, who, by the way, I got he started a company from scratch, made in the USA, uh, wrote a good book, and talked about his heroin recovery which i tell you you got to give him a lot of credit now does that qualify him to be governor he has some qualifications where he's led a major organization and he understands operations he under purchasing he's probably got a good finance background which is good for governor oh by the way uh, twitter has permanently banned him for uh what they say is election misinformation so He's uh, he's banned from Twitter. Now, uh, those are outside that's the state of North that's Carolina. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have some news this morning. Uh, mm -hmm. State Senator Jeff Jackson, a Democrat, uh, apparently will make it official today, according to the Charlotte Observer, that he is going to run for U.S. Senate, the Richard Burr seat. Hmm. Well, he follows the trend of um, white male lawyers who run for statewide office in North Carolina, who are liberal, but they kind of hide where they stand on all the issues. That's one of the great things that go back at Mike Easley, Jim Hunt, Roy Cooper, Josh Stein, Cal Cunningham. They're kind of in the same mold. They, they, they get a lot of support from trial lawyers who give out big money. They are kind of vanilla and they don't take strong stands on issues, at least publicly, but privately they make promises to everybody and everything. And they can raise money. And they usually come up through the state legislature. That's the history of Jim Hunt, Mike Easley. Boy, the list goes on and on. And Cal Cunningham, 
So Roy uh, Cooper, Josh Stein. I'm missing somebody, but John Edwards. So uh, for 2022, uh, if you're keeping score at home, mm-hmm. Mark Walker is in. Erica Smith is in. Republican. Mark Meadows is out. Mm-hmm. Laura Trump is considering. Mm-hmm. Who am I leaving out here? Um, what about you? Good talk, Russ. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110 99.3 WPT. All right, nine in front of 10 o'clock. Vince Coakley Show coming up at the top of the hour. Right now, it's the big finish on the Pat McCrory Show, 704-374-3800. The segment that you control, where you tell us what it all means. I've given it all I've got. I've given it all I've got for the last hour and 15 minutes. It's now for our audience to take over, and it starts right now. Good morning, Senator. I like your idea about uh, why everybody in Washington's being paid and some other people aren't during this hard time. Yeah, we're going to talk about the stimulus package tomorrow more. There's so much fat and pork in that thing. It sickens me to see people get the stimulus money that are doing extremely well during this uh, virus. A lot of people are making more money than they've ever made in their life, and they shouldn't get the stimulus package because of it. The people who need it are those in the travel and tourism industry. But I digress. Digress? Whatever. Hey, Gov, I'm 77. I'm greedy. I'm running out of time. Now that the Democrats are in charge, where's my 1400 bucks? I can't wait forever. I might die tomorrow from the COVID. A great new song title for a future Def Leppard song. I'm 77 and greedy. <laughs> what a great song. Good morning. For the last two days or so, I've been hearing that uh, uh, this uh, COVID vaccination isn't working um, very well. You're kidding. I thought Trump was the problem. Everything's supposed to be working perfectly now. I don't hear them blaming Biden and his crew. So you just give it six months. See if you like $5 a gallon gasoline, $4 loaf bread, $200 electric bill, $300 gas bill. <laughs> then you'll see who you voted for. Have a good day. That was a good laugh. She's got a great laugh. <laughs> but you'll have electric cars that you can plug into the cloud. <laughs> hey, Bowling Pat. You know, I can't ever recall a politician walking into the room and removing all the air, but I remember quite a few of them that can walk into a room and fill it full of hot air <laughs> and BS real quick. Richard Vinnery used to tell me the story uh, of going to the bathroom and they had those, you know, hot air machines to dry your hair. Yeah. And it said, it was written, push this button if you want to hear from Richard Vinnery. <laughs> <laughs> Richard loved that the story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the governor made a comment about Josh Stein wanting to be president of the United States. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would have been a good time to add the comment that President Lincoln didn't even want to be president if you check the history books out. Maybe that's the best type of person we elect president in the future. Those who don't want to be president. <laughs> what does it all mean? The answer lies in the cowbell. Come on, Pat. <laughs> Give me more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Scott. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Bo. I am very concerned regarding the blind population of this country. I am blind, and I've heard of many blind people who have gotten injured or even, I think, killed from not being able to hear these electrical vehicles because they don't have a sound unless they've changed something about them. Thank you very much. Bye. Hmm. That You know, that's an interesting point. There's a cause and effect of everything. Can you imagine going to a NASCAR race, too, with no engine roar? Electric ve- vehicles? be like going to a golf tournament. Hey, Governor and Bo. I got a great idea for the president's electric car uh, program. He can see by example. He can get all Priuses for his motorcade for the Secret Service and all his people to drive and start it ahead by great leadership and drive that. NASCAR. Okay, uh, go ahead and start your engines. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. The somber Senate walking across the floor looked like they were headed for the guillotine. What a game they played yesterday. So solemn and serious, and it's all a game. Good morning, Pat and Bo. The Democrats and Biden say the people have spoken. I've heard that so many times. If Trump could run again in 24, if he's eligible to run and he wins, I can't wait to see what the Democrats say. Have the people spoken? I think every election, every politician who gets elected, mayor, governor, president, when they win, they always say the people have spoken for my mandates, when in fact, whatever put you over the victory line was probably irrelevant to your mandate. And I think what put Biden over the person over the line was personality, not issues. He knows that deep down. He won because of the personality, not because of the issues. Man, I've met Jimmy Carter years ago, who uh, was very intimidating, mostly because of his humility and his honesty. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the rest of them I've met, with the exception of you, just sucked <laughs> while they were in the room. Thank you. <laughs> Jimmy Carter was a nice guy. I met him several times uh, during Habitat. And he's a man of incredible faith. And our prayers are with him as he's well into his 90s now, the oldest living president, which makes him two years older than Biden. <laughs> right, little guy. <laughs> well, it's been a great day. New entry to the Pat McCrory. I'm so. What's that noise? Yeah, something's going on. We need more cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) We need more cowbell. No doubt about it. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna finish this show, and then we're gonna go make gold records. And we're gonna ask one more time: What's the question of the day? What does it all mean? (sighs) Go to your room.